What do I do and how do I recognize that every customer is different? Is a critical skill for advisors today. Welcome to the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast with Ted Ings, sponsored by BG Products. Be good to your customers with BG. Hello, everyone. I'm Gene Girdley, and I produce and direct the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast and virtual events. The Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast is your source for automotive industry leaders, innovators, and top performers, providing you with the latest ideas, technology, customer trends, and performance improvement strategies. And now, here's Ted Ings. Hey, it's a great honor to have David O'Brien, the president and CEO of Quantum 5, back at the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Quantum 5 is making a name for itself throughout the industry. Dave, welcome back to the event. Oh, Ted, thank you so much. And man, am I glad to be here. Um, Today, I'm going to do what I call the Quantum 5 Leap in 15 minutes, right? Because I don't want to get pulled from the screen. But what I wanted to do today is go over, I I thought it would be fun to talk about five skills, three people skills, two phone skills, and have all of it lead us to this topic called, how do we make just a little bit more money incrementally, one skill at a time? So that's what I want to share with everybody today. I'm the least important part of this, but uh, as as part of the team of Quantum, I'm so glad to be here. Um, my education around fixed operations came because of great people who poured into me, and I'm going to just try and pour that back to everybody else today. So with that, a simple agenda for us today. I want to start by telling you what I've been listening to advisors and managers talk about. And what I try and do all the time is learn from the market and learn from people in the trenches. So it was from that listening tour, if you will, that I did that I started to dive into what are the kinds of skills that without advisors using those exact words, what they were saying is, and I wish I could be a little better at this because in today's environment, it would help me. And so I want to tell you a little bit about what I saw, what I heard and where it led to. And that takes me to then, I'll take you through five skills that'll impact selling, that'll cause selling to be more effective. And from there, we're going to go through three people skills that if we wanted our our advisors and even us ourselves as managers and leaders, if we wanted to connect different with people, what would that look like? And lastly, the modern reality of the phone ringing, I thought whether it's your BDC or whether it's your advisors answering a call, what would be two phone skills? that could translate to how do we end up at increased profit? And so from there, I cut right to the place where it says, what advisors, what do managers tell me they see going on in today's market? Not those of us watching, but them in the trenches. And what I heard them say is in today's market, they feel like they're doing more adapting and more changing than they have in the past. I think change has always been a constant in the auto business. I think the auto industry has proven it's the best at adapting of any business we've ever known. All of this change and adaption, though, has also led them to know, okay, we're being more profitable. And in that sense of being able to be more profitable, what I heard and listened to is advisors now are in a place where we're starting to get more comfortable with the truth that's always existed, which is they are the real retention driver around our business. When you watch some of the transitions being made, right, around digital retailing on the front of the business, 
you can't help but wonder, okay, if sales is going to make more of these technology transitions, who's going to bond with the customer to create that retention and loyalty? And I love that advisors are getting that credit now as also being the key part of customer experience creation. They're going to be with this customer longer than anybody else. I love watching sales start to recognize that advisors are more of a lead indicator on selling, whether it be their equity mining, whether it be any of the other activities sales does around service. They now recognize that the profit maker in their store really is that service advisor taking care of customers. And what I think we've all realized, good people throughout this conversation at that roundtable today is that the highest ROI investment we make in our dealership is when we invest in our advisor team. So I love seeing those evolutions happen. So I said, what would be something here at the roundtable that you could go back and say, how do I focus on something? So I started with five skills that I thought a leader could help an advisor start to pay more attention to. Number one, I think we have to help advisors realize and recognize that every customer is different. And I don't just mean the sports team they like or how they dress, but from a personality and social style, there's really four different kinds of people that come in. And how do we start to help advisors get better at going, okay, I've got a really analytical one. Wait, no, I got a really talkable one. Wait, I've got a really agreeable one. Wait, I've got one that's pointing at their watch and giving me orders. What do I do and how do I recognize that and how do I get more tuned into that is a critical skill for advisors today. Number two, I think we have to help advisors get doubled down on the idea of the art of great questions. And I don't just mean questions like, when do you want to bring it in? Or, you know, what's it doing when you hear it make that noise? I think we have to help advisors really have the kinds of questions that build rapport and relationship. When that customer comes back to Ohio from a winter in Florida, what are the questions that really cement the retention of that customer to our dealership? Number three, I think we have to help advisors become better at connecting value to what people really care about. And see, I think there's this connection between great questions and building value that when customers tell me about their plans in 18 months to give this car to a college-age student in their house, okay, how do I do more than just say, here's my parts warranty, here's my labor warranty, and you should let me repair your car? How do I build value that talks about what I learned, about why it's important to take care of their vehicle and do the, my recommended repairs so that 18-year-old has a better vehicle experience. I love talking to advisors about the important skill of, hey, we want you to be a great advocate for your customer. We want you to take great care of them, create great experiences. The dealer might even be talking about what does frictionless mean in our dealership, but that doesn't mean we're not in sales. And we have to know how to address resistance in ways that still allow us to gain business. When customers are hesitant, we have to have great ways at getting past no, or we're not going to take great care of vehicles, and we're not going to make the living we want to make at the dealership. And the last skill 
is a personal passion of mine, which is helping make sure that advisors know how to build a great relationship between them and that person, not just rely on the dealership's efforts to cement loyalty, but how do we make sure that when a customer needs the next something, they call the dealership and they go, I need to see Ted Ings. He always takes care of my car. Instead of calling the dealership and going, I I need to schedule my car for service. And so I thought if a manager knew that those five skills absolutely have been measured to make a difference in selling, they'd be something we could start to focus on. From there, I said, okay, what are three people skills? I don't know. I get nervous when people call them soft skills, right? Because I think whatever you know about people skills, they're the cement around retention, relationship, and profit. So I thought, okay, let's start simple. Number one, I got to know how to adapt to different people, right? I've got to know that when somebody starts pointing at their watch and they get really controlling, that my job is to adapt and provide them options and to give them choices on how we speed up the process. Number two, I thought, okay, I've got to know how to tell people I want to be a better listener. Hey, I've got to be a better listener and show people I care. But I also have to look at people when they come in and they say, so this is what it's doing. And instead of just typing, I need to say, okay, I want to ask a couple of questions because I really want to understand what's going on. And number three, I think we have to talk to advisors about the fact that we have to manage the 93% of the communication that's not the words that come out of my mouth. Recently, I had a chance to talk to an editor and writer at Automotive News, and I was talking about people skills on the service drive. And he looked at me and he said, so I'm just curious. I didn't think that really mattered in their job. I mean, I told my advisor recently what was wrong. They typed, they typed, and I didn't know they cared about people skills. And I think we got to talk about those facial expressions, the head down typing instead of looking people in the eye instead of the kind of engagement that creates real connection with the nonverbal side of our communication. And I think we have to reiterate these three people skills over and over. Well, all of that led me to the modern reality that your BDC has got phone calls coming in. And whether it's your BDC, your scheduling team, or an actual advisor, right? I thought, okay, what are a couple of phone skills that today at the roundtable if a manager made a commitment to working on them, would make a difference. I started really simple. I said, if we taught advisors, schedulers, or our BDC team, that when somebody called in and said, hey, Ted, how much is it to get the air conditioning fixed in my car? That we didn't rush to a price quote, that instead we slowed down and asked questions. What if we said to people, so before I tell you, Tell me a little bit about what it's doing. What if we talk to people on the phone instead of when they said, I need my brakes fixed? We said, well, generally it's 199 in axle unless they need more. Number two, I thought, what if we changed the way we asked for an appointment? So many times when I work with a BDC or a scheduling team in a service department, I hear them ask what I call the fatal question, which is, when do you want to bring it? 
I always kind of tease them and go, do you really want to know the answer to that? Because the answer is right now immediately. And so my suggestion is, how about we teach our people to use alternate choice and suggestions around appointments? And let's get committed to the idea that we're going to recommend. So I have time available tomorrow afternoon or on Monday morning, which is better for you. And so if you took those two things, I think as a manager, you could make a difference. And so it all led me to the place where I said, what I really wanted you to be able to leave the round table with from what I wanted to share was this idea to pick one result that you wanted from what I talked about. Because if you picked one result, you could start to work on more profit. I love the work of a guy named James Clear who wrote the book Atomic Habits. And what James Clear made it understand for me is that if I pick a small thing, if I pick a small thing and I do it for a long period of time, for me right now, it's eat more spinach, eat more kale at least four times a week, right? And I figure if I just do that four times a week and I incorporate it into my lunch or my dinner, I'll make a, I'll make a difference. So my encouragement to you guys is pick one thing today. One thing that I talked about, maybe it's I'm going to watch my advisor team and I'm going to really work on the 93% of the nonverbal communication. Or maybe for you, it's let's get my advisor team together and brainstorm better ideas for long-term relationships that cement them to their customer. Maybe at your dealership, it's, okay, how am I going to get my people to adapt better? How are they going to adjust to the different kinds of people we have coming in. Or maybe at your dealership, it's the phone strategy. I don't know, but I know you know. And if you'll stop chasing all the goals, if you'll chase just one thing and work on turning it into a habit, you can create some interesting achievement. And I think you have to walk away saying, what will I and my team get better at one thing at a time? And I know we had our friend Dave Anderson here again for the roundtable. And, and so he says it really, really well, right? Pick that one thing and then tell yourself that every day means every day. And commit to what you'll help them do every day and mean every day. And Ted, with that, I, I hope the team is able to pick the thing that matters most to their store. I can't tell you how grateful Quantum is to hang out at the round table. Uh, we consider this a seriously important event every time it comes up, and I'm grateful for it. Dave O'Brien, we're grateful for you. And I picked a couple things out of there that I'd like a whole lot as well. Uh, Dave O'Brien is the president and CEO of Quantum 5 here at the Fixed Ops Roundtable. Thanks for joining us on the Fixed Ops Roundtable podcast with Ted Ings, sponsored by BG Products. Help your customers be good for life with the Lifetime BG Protection Plan. If you'd like to be a guest on the podcast or any of our Fixed Ops Roundtable events, or if you'd like sponsorship information, reach out to Ted Ings at area code 212-763-0016. That's 212-763-0016. 212-763-0016. On behalf of Ted Ings and everyone at the Fixed Ops Roundtable, I'm Gene Girdley. Thanks for listening.